This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday, it's the 15th of December 2023. And coming up today, Beeper Mini Controversy and Bose Frames are dead. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? <laughs> Bose Frames are dead. Is that tap bait, Stephen Scott? Is that clickbait? Oh, how dare you. Headlining. How dare you. I'm not on the ticky talk, you know. I'm not out there for my clicking bait. Um Okay, well, no, I'm interested in that story. I must admit, today, Stephen, hello, by the way, I am Hi. Hi. an empty vessel. I had a bad night. I'm, I'm bringing nothing to the show. This, uh, basically, that's what I'm saying. It's all on you today. I'm just... Mr. Get him on the phone. <laughs> I want a new host. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I just couldn't sleep last night, so I'm barely functioning. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, listen, I am with you. I have had so many days like that. And it's funny because this month, everyone will say to me, and it's funny, right? Because you get people who work in offices and they'll say, oh, we had such a great day today. We were playing games and we got the Lego out. And I'm thinking, well, how do you get time to do this? Who are these people that have time to take Lego sets into offices and play with them? Sorry, I barely get time to open an Amazon parcel. I, I've got parcels. Things, toys, things they're I want to play with. Applying and and they're all lined. lying over there and just yes. unopened boxes. I haven't even got time to open them. So who are these people with time? Are you confusing dare you? office workers for small children at school? What are you talking about? No, who's, no, well, not anymore. Who's playing Lego at, at Are you kidding at me? The office? It's like it, it, the kids are at school working their backsides off on exams and tests, and the adults are at work playing with Lego. That, the world's gone a bit... That's Weird. that's why we're in the state we're in today, Stephen exactly. Scott. The state of oh. the nation is it's everything is terrible. Happy holidays. Keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting with some breaking, breaking news. news. Breaking news. The Bose frames will soon be no more. Sean Priest. Which ones exactly? All of them. <sighs> Well, it says, uh, yes, indeed, uh, continuing, uh, discontinuing, should say Bose, uh, discontinuing its frames line of audio smart glasses, which will no longer be available by the end of this year. Oh. The news was first reported by Digital Trends, which quotes Bose as saying it's in the process of phasing out the product line. Bose also separately confirmed the news to The Verge. It's also clear the writing is on the wall if you look at the company's website. Uh, or on the writings on the website, I suppose. Uh, although oh, Bose good. originally had multiple styles for the frame, the only version still listed on the site is the sporty Oakley-like Tempo. However, the product is technically sold out and marked down 50% at that. So according to the website and according to these reports, Bose have sold the majority of the remaining inventory off. And while you can still see some units pop up from time to time, they will not be available from Bose after 2023. Active warranties, however, will still be Ordered. So oh, that's, that's lucky. it. Um, are you surprised by this news? Not from Bose. No. I mean, I think this is oh. the question, right? Because I, I initially you think, well, hang on, is this an indicator that this category is not working? And I don't know if that's true because I go back to the. You remember the, the whole story of Bose AR, which was at the very beginning. Yes, we had the audio. What's it called? Augmented reality. That's the one. Yeah. Augment, I also got my ARs and my AXs and my TXs and everything else mixed up. 
augmented reality, I think I'm as tired as you today, augmented reality (laughs) was built into those glasses, which was really cool. And it made, you know, for great features. I mean, especially with something like Soundscape, right? When we used it with that way back in the day, it was brilliant. That was the selling point for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like Bluetooth audio glasses have been around before the Bose frames. The whole point of the Bose frames was the head tracking. And once you've marred that up with um, Soundscape, as you say, then it took it to a new level. It was amazing. I, I think this category does have a future, as in audio sunglasses. I think it's always come down to the price point. Well, staying with augmented reality, though, right? Because this is the kind of beginning of the end, as far as I saw bows with frames. And it kind of happened in 2020. Whether or not as a result of the pandemic, I don't know. But for sure... That was when Bose AR was shuttered. And that was the last you were going to hear about it. I mean, there were all kinds of plans for it. I mean, as we know, you could do the whole GPS audio directions, which was brilliant. There were some audio-based story games around as well. There was even plans for, uh, I think it was a company called New Balance. We're planning to get an exercise app, but that never really happened. Uh, And then, you know, after it was announced, after the product came out in 2018, that was when uh, they decided to shut the AR division. And then in 2021, we got a revamped version of the frames, which were essentially, you know, a pair of open-ear headphones without any of the original AR ambitions built in. Yes. So, you know, it was a good product, but it kind of gives me the impression that it, it kind of was doomed from 2020. It's doomed! And whether or not it's just yes. never sold. And, and, you know, bear in mind, Bose are out to sell other products. They're out to sell earbuds and they're still selling earbuds open ear des- open ear design of those as well so they're not getting rid of the open ear idea but in terms of frames i think it's a project they've started they've tried and they've decided it isn't working for them i don't think it's a suggestion that the category is dead although that is a conversation that is a conversation that we perhaps mm. should have I, I i think it's a technology when it comes down to the augmented audio reality it, it's a technology looking for a problem i mean Mm. what could you use that for yes there were all these ideas floating around about you know the beach was one of the demos that shipped with it where you're on a virtual beach okay great for a two minute oh this sounds impressive you're never going to go back to that that isn't an actual practical use case for anything no one's going to sit it was great in the pandemic right you could you couldn't get to the beach so you could be at the beach yes well that was kind of what people were were doing with it right yeah but but that's what i mean it's like but but again this the in real life reality thing here right that in real life, people aren't going to use it for that. No, exactly. And no why one's going are they to sit in the front it? room and say, I, oh, I'll, I'll just be at the beach then. Yes. <laughs> With my eyes closed, I'm at the beach. Yeah. The mainstream aren't going to buy that. And it, we didn't no, exactly. buy that either. So no. um, I, I, I didn't really see a use case. The only use case was that 3D audio GPS. And again, how many other people in the mainstream are going to actually use that? I, I'm not entirely sure. But Look, we've, we've talked about recently the, the other Bluetooth audio um, glasses that are out there from Tim and Gordon have given us some great recommendations, a far more affordable price. I've been using the Anchor um, Soundcore frames, right? Mm. I think they're really good. They are a lot of money to spend for what they do. You're talking money that you would expect to pay for premium headphones or earbuds, not for something where you can't really p- listen to music on them. I'm sorry, you can't. It's not good enough. I was going to say, you're paying, for the, you're paying for premium earbuds and you're not getting premium earbuds. No, exactly. The sound quality is adequate for vocals, podcasts, you know, voiceover. Yeah, absolutely fine. Anything else, the audio quality is terrible. So what... 
the, the price point is something that's always going to put people off. So, I, yeah, I'm not really surprised by this, I guess, on what I'm saying. I'm not even going to go into the build quality of the first generation as well, which constantly – I've got a pair here that's just been sat mm. in the case, barely used, and then I pulled them out to use them, and they're dead, dead in the water. Uh, they yeah. won't charge, uh, you know, and uh, we know so many t- people that have had to send theirs back because they've died. So, yeah, I'm really not surprised by this. It is a shame, though, because as I said, I think the category, the, the um, form factor of audio sunglasses is great for us. Well, that's the point, right? So this is why I'm not linking this to a decline in that particular category, because if you look at other products in the range, okay, so we talk a lot about audio sunglasses, but let's look at the mainstream for a second. What else is out there? Now, here in the UK and around the world, we're starting to get more access to Ray-Ban's Meta Smart Glasses. Yeah. And they do a lot more than the Bose frames do. Meta Smart Glasses have got a 12 megapixel camera. You can record video. You can live stream to Instagram. You can take pictures with it. Uh, and the new version that just came out this year, significant improvement over the original Ray-Ban stories uh, when it came to mic and audio quality. Lots of people raving about that. I can't wait to get my hands on a pair myself. Uh, and, you know, also the Ray-Ban style, you know, Ray-Ban, well-known, it's a fashionable style. Oh, so yeah. people go, are going to like thing. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And they look good. You know, I think that's the key. You know, they, they, even the, I was having a look at the arms of these glasses and they're not big and bulky and horrible. Like, you know, the Bose frames are quite thick, quite big. Yeah. It was quite obvious when you met people, they'd say, oh, what kind of glasses are those? And they would notice. Yes. Because they were so unusual. I mean, not hideous. I mean, I have to say Bose did not a bad job with the style. No, no. But... You know, everyone's out to make these smaller and more functional. And the smart glasses are from Ray-Ban. There's also, and we're not going to get these in the UK, but the US certainly for sure, maybe Canada down the line. But the third gen Amazon Echo frames are, of course, out this year as well. Oh, and, I haven't even thought uh, about those. Okay. I know, exactly. And that's in, that's in the same category, right? So again, the Echo frames this year improved on style. Uh, they gave more options there. Uh, expanded Lady A cap- capabilities compared to previous iterations anyway. So, you know, basically what it came down to was the Bose frames were just a decent pair of audio sunglasses. Yeah. And with the alternatives, you could get so much more. So maybe that's why Bose have decided to pull out of this market. They don't have those integrations built in and they don't have plans to. Now, The Verge, interestingly, did reach out. I was reading this article. They were reaching out to ask the question about what their ambitions were about, you know, smart glasses in the future. And, you know... The company just didn't, they declined to comment any further on this. It sounds to me as if Bose are out of this game. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I'd rather a company focus on what they're good at rather than trying to create hundreds of products that are not great. Bose do excellent audio and they should continue to do that in the categories that they create that in. It was a good idea. It certainly did spawn, I think, a lot of these ideas. Um, It doesn't have to be the case that it had to be the, the final product. You know, it can happily be the product that uh, that, that goes away. Yeah, but, but they um, gave it a go, and you yeah, know, for their go. their whatever you get, reasons, you, you did, you tried, you tried, and we are grateful for the time that we spent together. But you know, now it's over. Now, speaking of Meta, <laughs> yes, um, this was an interesting story as well. So everyone's been talking about the Meta glasses and some of the updates, and privacy as well has been another big story uh, around Meta in the past couple of weeks but interestingly there's a feature that's come out which we here we blind people have kind of had already well those of us who've had access to be my ai for example and those who've got envision glasses certainly have had access to this 
But Meta announced this week that it's going to start rolling out its multimodal AI features that can tell you things. Um, so Meta's AI assistant can see and hear through the camera and microphones of the glasses. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg demonstrated this in an Instagram reel, whatever that is, uh, where he asked his glasses to suggest pants that would match a shirt he was holding. Now, for my oh. UK listeners, pants are trousers. Trousers, correct. Trousers, exactly. Yes, <laughs> thank you. For our Scottish um, listeners. That's right. <laughs> This is an international show. We we, we serve everyone. Uh, So the glasses responded by describing the shirt and offering a couple of suggestions for pants that might complement it. He also had the glasses AI assistant translate text and show off a couple of image captions as well. Like I say, this is something we are well aware of in the blind community. We've kind of got there first. But interesting to see this coming into a mainstream product and more importantly, a much cheaper product but it's going to be all about the way the interface works for us, right? How accessible is all of this going to be? That's why I want to get my hands on these glasses, because I want to know how the app is. I want to know how it behaves. I want to know how much information I can get from these glasses yes. in audio form. I mean, obviously, the great thing with these is because they don't have a heads-up display on them, everything is audio. We're kind of hey. at that benefit point at the moment, right? Because the technology is not at the stage where they can display this information in vision. So it has to be in audio. So for us, that's brilliant. Uh, the question is, though, you know, it, it's like, okay, the house looks wonderful, but is have I got the key to get in? Have I got the right key? Exactly. Is that going to work? Is this app going to be accessible? Is it a shared house, to push this analogy even further? <laughs> uh, yeah, are, are guests allowed to stay? Because, you know, we, we're, I'm thinking of, obviously, Be My AI. I'm thinking of Ira. We're thinking mm. of all those yep. use cases which would be absolutely amazing to us. And the only barrier between that is if Meta are going to allow access. You know, is there going to be an API? Um it would be absolutely amazing. The, the more I hear about these, the more intrigued I am. They do sound really interesting. Yeah. And there is talk. There is talk of something going on with Meta and some companies. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Oh. But there, there seems to be talk. in the. I can tell you there is talk in the community about some kind of either partnership or at least early conversation. Let's put it that way. <gasps> early conversations happening. That, but that's good because, and, and why not? Right, and why would why would Meta not want to jump on that? I mean, they've referenced accessibility in the past. They've they've showcased accessibility, so it's not that they're not interested in it. They are. Well, they say they I, are. I mean, this is yeah, a perfect I mean, opportunity. Are, yeah. How you know prove it. how inclusive do you want to be? But considering how useful this could be to us, it would be. I mean, again, you mentioned the price point. Uh, these are very affordable. If they can do everything they say they can do, it's going to be good. Can't wait to get my hands on one. It's just it's actually quite difficult to get hold of them right now. They're very popular, and I was in a, a couple of stores at the weekend asking questions about them, and they had like a version, but not that version. And you know, the thing is, because they come in so many different colours and styles and sizes. Yes, you know, getting getting my screaming blue pair that I want. Oh, so I'm getting them in blue. You're blue obsessed. I'm getting worried I about am a bit you. Blue obsessed. I don't know what's going on. Everything's blue in my life. My my neighbour. Uh, I think was concerned about me the other day because uh, she said that she could see me through my window. Oh, yeah, well, and that's understandable. See, well, that's, that's terrifying <laughs> enough, right? But she said she could see me through the window and all she could see was a big blue light shining on my face. And she kind of, I think, for a second thought I was auditioning for the Wonka movie. Or being arrested. Um, 
Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Uh, but it's because I've got like a blue, I've got a blue, well, it's an LED strip light that goes around the back of my desk because I don't want a, a light that's directly in my face. So I have it sort of taped onto the back of my desk and around the sides and it emits this yeah. blue soothing light. A blue nice. aura. Stephen, yes. Oh, well, good for you. Well I didn't want to turn the red one on because that might attract no. the wrong audience. Yeah, or the yeah. right one. Who knows? Or the right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, depends oh. how you look at it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, not at my age. No, definitely the wrong one. Okay. So <laughs> the other big story of the week, um, and these are story. I feel like we're just kind of catching up with some of these because this was in uh, Double Tap News last weekend. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Beeper Mini is an app on Android which um, has been garnering quite a bit of interest online. Everyone seems to be, you know, outraged about this story, either one way or the other. So Beeper Mini is an Android app that basically gives you iMessage type functionality or arguably iMessage functionality on your Android phone. So it gives you the ability to connect with someone on iMessage, uh, send iMessages, get all the benefits of iMessage, right? So red receipts, you can do voice messages, you can do all the stickers and nonsense that goes oh. with iMessage. I'm going to have to you put this online basically. because voice messaging on my iPhone at the minute is a terrible experience. VoiceOver just shouts its head off on every recording that I make while I try and find that stop button. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. I must admit, I'm not loving the new way of doing audio messages. No, That's why I awful. use WhatsApp, to be honest. Yeah. Everything, because it's so much easier. But we've got a good friend of ours, Damasi. Uh, you know, he's just thankfully come over to WhatsApp oh. after a lot of prodding. Please, please just get a WhatsApp account because it's trying to message is impossible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, Beeper Mini is out and I don't know how accessible this is. I'm not hearing a lot of people in the blind community talking about it. So I don't know how accessible this whole experience is. But the, the story is what I'm more interested in here because it kind of it comes back to this point that has been brought up so many times that, you know, essentially Android users saying, look, we want to be able to access this secure functionality, you know, make sure our messages are secure that are being sent back and forward. Uh, Apple has that functionality built in with iMessage. And of course, Android messages get those horrible green bubbles and everyone gets all upset. Uh, and people want blue bubbles. That's basically what this is all about. People want blue bubbles, like not you. green bubbles. Yeah, I like blue. Everyone there wants you go. screaming blue. Hey, there you go. Maybe that's what it is. You've gone that far with the blue into bubble. the Apple universe <laughs> that everything needs to be blue. I didn't mean for that to happen. But it just uh, did. But the iMessage for Android app, Beeper Mini, is today having, I'm going to say this, today having connectivity issues. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but here's the thing. It probably is because it seems to be having that every single day. Every single time they bring this app back, Apple shut it down again. And... Um, Beeper Mini uh, confirmed that Apple was deliberately blocking iMessages from being delivered to approximately 5% of Beeper Mini users. How dare it's they? important to say that this is a subscription app. So you get a free seven-day trial and you've got to pay, I think it's like 2 or $3 a month for it or something. It's not a huge amount of money, but you know, you're paying for iMessage, essentially. Um, okay, look, first question to you then. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Because I don't completely understand how Beeper Mini as an app, as a company, is able to get into our iMessages and yes. be able to use that system. Well, now, the, 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 the system for doing this has been around for a while. Nothing phone 
if anyone's heard of that. The Nothing phone recently had a similar app on their phones, um, which could do the same thing. And the way they used to do it was to use something they call the matrix system, which is basically by using a Mac computer as a server. So mm. the, the iMessage would, or the Android app would communicate with that, and then that would do some jiggery-pokery, I believe the technical term is. And there always mm-hmm. had to be a... Uh, basically, the iMessages were being relayed from a Mac server somewhere, um, which meant your messages weren't private or secure whatsoever. But that that was something, and that was always being taken down by Apple. Now, the way that Beeper Mini works, which is very interesting, is that they have, at this moment, reverse-engineered the encryption keys and the process of how iMessage actually works, and they connect directly to the Apple servers. So it's end-to-end encrypted, as in um, Beeper Mini servers have no messages going through them whatsoever. All they're doing is setting up the, if you like, fake encryption. It's not really fake, but they've reversed-engineered it, the hacked encryption, it's fair to say. And basically, your Android phone through this app is being seen by Apple servers as a verified iPhone. So there's some, I mean... So this is making someone who's like an Android user, right? So someone who's got an Android phone who's not got an Apple account. Or I guess, would you need an Apple account? No, no Apple ID needed. All you need is a working SIM. Um, So, yes, it's it's more of a question of, okay, how, how legitimate do you think this is? I mean, it's not a case of they're doing it illegally, I guess. I don't know what the T's and C's are with developers and Apple servers. They, they've basically, the encryption has been hacked. Now, how dangerous is that? For normal iMessage users, I don't know. Um, but look, yeah. it's, it's all open source. You can see the um, what they're doing to make this happen on GitHub. So um, it's very secure and private. It's only encrypted on your device and then in the Apple servers, just like a standard iMessage on an iPhone. So that's a good thing. But the actual method they've achieved to make this happen, how ethical do you think that is? And is Apple going to be happy about that? Of course not. Well, let's see what Apple says. So this was a response to the announcement that Apple had confirmed, essentially, that it had shut Beeper Mini down. It said it had blocked it from exploiting fake credentials to gain access to iMessage, as this posed significant risks to user security and privacy. This is the actual statement. At Apple, we build our products and services with industry-leading privacy and security technologies designed to give users control of their data and keep personal information safe. We took steps to protect our users by blocking techniques that exploit fake credentials in order to gain access to iMessage. These techniques posed significant risks to user security and privacy, including the potential for metadata exposure and enabling unwanted messages, spam and phishing attacks. We will continue to make updates in the future to protect our users. Now, following that statement from Apple, Beeper Mini's development team said that it would work to restore the service while also criticising Apple for the decision. They said, We deeply object to the allegation that Beeper Mini poses significant risks to user security and privacy. This is completely untrue. As we explained above, the opposite is actually true. Beeper Mini increases the security and privacy of both Android and iPhone customers. To prove this, we published a detailed blog post about how the app keeps data secure and private. Beeper Mini is end-to-end encrypted which is absolutely true absolutely correct none of your messages are going through as i said 
previously are going through any third-party service at all. It's directly from your device to Apple. Absolutely true. But the point is, the, the way they've managed to do that, I, I, you know, it, it, is that really, are you okay with that? The fact that iMessage has basically been cracked open, should we be worried by it? Cracked open or that? door left open? Well. That's the question. I mean, how long? Right, so this is, did someone break into the house? Back to the house analogies. But did someone break into the house or was the door left open and they just walked in? And is that what Apple are annoyed about? Or is it simply that Apple just don't want Android users using that system? Well, if if the if a burglar has been, you know, having a go at your front door lock for the last 10 years, then do you get annoyed with the household owner or do you get annoyed with the burglar? Well, I think we know really, the answer to that we're one. Really right? pushing this? No, look. People, I think we are pushing it. Yeah. People have but been... Of course, this is all going to be solved in theory with RCS, right? Rich communication systems, which Apple says they're going to adopt next year, and this will allow for chats between iPhone and Android users, and include support for all the high-quality video and images, emoji reactions, typing indicators, read receipts, all that stuff. So that could be the way around this. This could be the solve of course it that is. is coming. Of course it is. I totally... The, the fact that it's closed off after all this time, it just blows my mind. I, I mean, you know, it. We you mentioned WhatsApp. The reason WhatsApp is... I love WhatsApp. I'm not a fan of Facebook in particular. I don't really care either way, I'll be honest, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I, yeah, I'm I, the same. But WhatsApp is amazing. It's my platform of choice for communication because it doesn't matter what people are using i could be on windows here on the mac on my phone it doesn't matter and that's key for me it's it's fantastic look beeper mini i think is a great idea because the version before this the beeper mini cloud which did use that matrix system of going through a third party server um you could use whatsapp or you know you could use multiple different systems um they're talking about if they manage to keep going they're going to add this to the latest version, you know, uh, WhatsApp support, Signal support. Uh, it reminds me of ICQ back in the day, and those apps that allowed you to use ICQ or MSN Messenger and all the other ones, Yahoo and everything else, all in one app. Actually, it's a good way to go. We all don't want to think about, okay, I want to message so-and-so, but what are they using? What do I need to use in order to talk to them? We don't want to think about that. For the end user, it's better for this all to be open. It's how it should be. I mean, the other option is you could just buy an iPhone. I mean, that would solve all the problems, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, but why? 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 It does. I get your point. It does. Okay, this is. I mean, if you want to use, I mean, if you want to use a system that Apple have built, I mean, this is actually to take the house analogy to its extreme. Oh no, Apple. Apple didn't just you know secure the door; they built the house, and they built the security in the house so that no one else could get in. So if someone does get in, yeah, they're generally unwelcome. I think that's fair. I would say that is that would be generally unfair, un- unwelcome, and I'm mm. I'm not keen on this idea. I don't. I think that you know privacy and security for me is you know it's always a question mark. We're there's no point sitting here saying I live my life by some privacy code because I don't. I mean, look, I, <laughs> I sign up to things all the time, and I'm forever putting my email address into yeah. things, and no doubt I agree. People, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I bought a coffee machine the other week, and you know I've had about eight million ads on Twitter for coffee. Uh, you know, I mean, that I know it, it, it just all connects up these days. I get it. Privacy, to some argument, might even be dead. I mean, it, it could you could make that point. But I think that where possible, we should we wouldn't go out of our way 
You know, it's, it's like it's like you say, so, okay, you know, back to the house again. You know, you're not going to leave the house and leave the door unlocked. You will lock the door because you have the option to lock it, and you should do that. That way, you're, you know, yes, someone could break in, but it's going to be harder to do that if you make sure that you've done what you can. So I think in this case, I don't know. I'm not keen on this. I don't like the idea of some company I've never heard of, you know, getting access potentially. I don't know what access they've got, and that's the problem. And they can tell me day and night that they've got, you know, it's all secure and it's all fine and it's all encrypted. I don't know who you guys are. You know, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what you're selling. I've got to pay for this as well. Uh, do you know what, guys? I think I'll leave it. I think I'll just sit that one out and I'll just live right. with my green bubbles. One ninety nine a month, by the way. It's not a lot. One ninety nine a month. It's not a lot of money, not but what am I paying for? It's well, like, the why am I is for constantly dying. Well, you know what? I buy an iPhone and get it for nothing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give us your feedback. Not for me. Feedback yeah, at doubletaponair.com. Stick around. We've got more to come. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, about your uh, messages. Negative Julian's on the way next. Actually, speaking of Android, he's got a great app to share with us. That's next. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Negative Julian here yet again. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for the week of Android love. Much appreciated. Secondly, Stephen, when are we going to hear your much-anticipated review of the Pixel 8 Pro? Needless to say, I'm green with envy because I know full well I won't be able to afford one of those until it's well down in the second-hand market. I expect the rest of the world will be using Pixel 10s by the time I can use a Pixel (laughs) 8, but nevertheless, I'd like to know what you think of it. Now, the main reason I'm calling in is to celebrate all this Android love. I thought I would suggest to the listeners a small little app that, for me at least, has become almost indispensable in recent years. Um, It's not your ordinary sort of app because these days we've become very used to having multifunctional apps that do all sorts of very clever things, very powerful. But the app I'm going to suggest does just one thing. And quite possibly you'll only want to do that one thing once, at least only once per new phone. So can't get much simpler than that, can you? So what's the problem? Well, Here you are, you've got your brand new Android phone, you set it all up, you stare at the home screen, hopefully, and you can't see much of anything. It's a horrible, fuzzy, confused mess, a blob. Why is that? Well, quite possibly, it's because what you've got on there is the manufacturer's default wallpaper. And those can quite often be horrible, multicoloured, abstract art messes that don't suit our eyes at all. So what can you do about it? Well, the first thing you'll probably do is go into the supplied wallpapers and see if there's anything better. You might find something a bit better, 
but probably not something perfect because I would suggest that what you really want is a single colour background, a single colour wallpaper. And best of all, at least for my eyes, a completely black wallpaper. How are you going to go about getting one of those? Well, you could go into the Play Store and download a wallpaper app and then go through hundreds of wallpapers trying to find something suitable. Or you could simply take a photograph of something black, perhaps a close-up of your little black dress. I'm sure Steve and Sean and I would never be without our little <laughs> black dresses. Gorgeous, oh, sure. All three of us. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, that's a bit complicated. The far, by far the simplest way, I would say, is to use the little app I'm going to suggest, and it's called Pitch Black Wallpaper by a company called TechDrop. So you go into the Play Store, download Pitch Black Wallpaper, you turn it on and you will get a message that says, are you sure you want a pitch black wallpaper? To which you will, of course, say yes. You will then get a second message that says, congratulations, it's a pitch black wallpaper. And when you go back to your home screen, you will find that's exactly what you've got. Top to bottom, a matte black, pitch black background. And hopefully, straight away, that should make it that bit easier to see all the icons, widgets, and so on. That should help. It helps me, at least. Now, I haven't got a lot else to say about that because it's such a simple app. It's a lovely app in its simplicity. But if perhaps you're finding it easier to see some of the icons than others it may be because they're different colors or maybe the manufacturer has supplied you with one of these very modern icon sets that are all outlines rather than solid squares or circles or whatever in which case i'd uh, suggest you go in search of a custom launcher my favorite always being nova launcher that's very reliable nova launcher um these are very sophisticated, multifunction, very powerful apps. So I'm not going to try and explain it all to you. But if you have a poke around in there, many hours of harmless fun, one of the options you will find is to download a custom icon set of your choice, which means you can choose one that really suits your eyes rather than anybody else's perhaps just a one color set, all square, all circular, whatever. Also, you will find a function to increase the size of those icons, which should certainly help a bit. Uh, there are many other features as well, like you can set a completely different color for the background of your app drawer, set the number of columns are, that are allowed on your screen, all this sort of thing. A lot of it's very, very useful to the visually impaired. But uh, I'll let you have a poke around at that on your own. For now, I shall simply say Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year. I hope you're all very prosperous. Can afford lovely Android phones come the new year. And bye for now from Negative Julian. Oh, thank you, Julian. Great ideas. Uh, amazing. And um, you know what? I I'll take the hit. I will do a demo of that app. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. 
That sounds like the simplest app ever. <laughs> yes, and thank you. I mean, perfect. Totally black wallpaper. That's cool. Again, though, right, and including that Nova launcher, um, it just shows why people do love Android. How customizable is that? I, I would love the ability to change the home screen on my iPhone. You know, the amount of yeah. things that are in the dock, the, the size of the icons, you know, to a more customizable degree would be great. Uh, the only way we could do that is going back to the days of jailbreaking, and I don't want to bother with all that anymore. Um, so, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Well, that ties in interestingly, and I'm glad you brought that up, Julian, because it's made me think about some of the ideas for the upcoming review of the Google Pixel 8 Pro, because a lot of that functionality exists in the Android OS. Now, I don't know how widespread that is, and this is the problem with doing the review. You have to be very specific about this is this device, this yes. is the view here, because you know it might be different on other devices, but a lot of the functionality you're talking about, I have found those functions in the latest Android on the Google Pixel. So I'll be talking about that in the review, which is coming up in 2024, which sounds like a long way off, but it's days. Yes. So don't worry about it. We're talking days. Don't worry about it. It's Weeks. all fine. Don't worry about it. Whatever you do, do not worry. Uh, okay, let's move on. Thank you for that, Julian, and have a wonderful Christmas when Happy it comes. Happy Christmas. Uh, Aaron gets in touch because, of course, the subject of identity, a blind identity, has been a big thing on our show, and uh, Aaron wanted to chime in. Hi, Stephen, Sean, Laura, and yes, Mr. F. While catching up on episodes of the Double Tap pod, falling asleep, then being woken up by the breaking news jingle, which got my brain starting again, <laughs> I decided to write this little post and post it. Huh? See what I did there on the socials. Here is what I wrote. Everyone is on borrowed time before they are disabled. Some disabled people just get an early access pass. This doesn't mean that people with disabilities are less than, not equal, weird or otherwise incapable of doing anything. Sometimes having a disability has advantages and sometimes disability is a curse. It's all a matter of perspective and how the person has been treated and, more importantly, sees themselves as a human being, to be honest. Imagine that you're always being broken down and told you won't achieve anything. Over time, you will start believing and seeing yourself and life that way. Having a disability can and is physically, mentally and psychologically draining. This needs to be acknowledged and talked about more, the effects of people with disabilities. People with disabilities are unique, resourceful, resilient and loyal. We have to work twice as hard and battle through five times the grit, shame, fear, exhaustion, mental bullying and all of this stuff. To show the world the capability of a major minority, empathy will only get you so far in understanding. You can walk out of a simulation and go about your day. People with disabilities don't have that option. Stop treating us like second-class citizens and think how words can affect people. If what you have to say would offend you in the situation, guess what? Don't say it to the person, period. Don't marginalise someone's experience with a comment such as I'm glad I'm not in your position. It's not comforting or just a comment to make us feel better. It's demeaning and devaluing and honestly offensive and rude. Hashtag change the narrative. Hashtag think different. Hashtag language and words. And hashtag weekend ramblings. God bless. Aaron Linson. Thanks, Aaron. All good points. Um, yeah. I, I, it always amazes me that people think... Oh, I, 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 that example you gave recently about being in the, the car or the taxi and someone saying to you, yes, you know, I'm glad I'm not in your position or you, know, you make me so glad to be alive or whoever it was yes. right? it's just like of what possible level did that person think that that was not going to be offensive 
Yeah, but again... Imagine getting in a taxi and saying, you know what, I tell you, I have a great job. I'm multi-millionaire. I'm so glad I'm not you, yeah, but- taxi driver. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, can you imagine... And taxi driver, oh, excuse me. You're not going to go, oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I've always wished to be, you know... Cr- Crawling for every crumb, but there isn't. There was no malice in it. It was just thoughtless. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to be annoyed with him about that. I'm annoyed with the comment, and it did sort of shut down the conversation because I didn't want to converse with him after that. But at the same time, you know, I love you guys. I really love you guys. It was how it all started, and that, for a start, that makes you go, oh, "Okay, this is a bit weird." Um, but yeah, because it makes me grateful for what I've got. You're right, actually. That 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 example you gave of someone coming in saying, "Well, actually, I've got a great life. I'm so happy yeah. I'm not you." As, I think that's hard to argue it's only against. when you it's it's only when you see it from the other side that it doesn't make sense, right? If you have that conversation with someone and you say to them, "Well, if I spin that the other way," and the, and more often than not, people will say to you, "Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, that's not actually that doesn't sound right." You know, because yeah. they then see the the reality of it. As I always say, take the word blind out and put the word black or woman in to any sentence you've just said, and I guarantee you, you will probably never say that line again. Mm. And I say that a lot to people. I say it a lot in talks because I think it's really important to have that perspective because if you wouldn't say it to a, a, a black person, you wouldn't say it to a woman. It's you know, true. Oh, I'm so, glad, I'm so glad they gave you a job, woman. <laughs> like what? No, yeah. How dare you? Can you imagine the kick up? And it's because I think it's because there is no kick up when it happens to us. That's the problem, right? There's nothing. There's no kick up. There's, it's almost and in, in our even in our community, it's like the reaction is always yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens all the time. Well, that, like, yeah, but it's, that's not good enough. Again, I just simply shut down. I stopped talking to the guy. Now, well, of course you do, but, yeah, right? Because yeah, but, individually, you're. You're affected. They're, they're targeting you at that moment. But so, of course, that's not- your reaction is to go quiet. We all do it. I've done it as well. I mean, the, the, the taxi driver said to me, you know, you sound intelligent. You know, did you have an education? Yes. I'm, I'm like, I was dumbfounded. I was actually silenced. I could not believe I had nothing to say to that other than just my, my sort of thought afterwards was to turn around and say to him, yeah, did you? I mean, yeah. really? That's your, that's your takeaway from this? You the- met a blind guy, and the first thing you thought was, actually, sounds quite intelligent. Maybe this guy had an education. What Maybe a surprise. he didn't just pull himself up by, you know, his, <laughs> you know, cr- crawl his way through life, you know. It's like, how did I get to this taxi? How did I, how am I giving you money? Where is this coming from? Oh, of course, I know the answer to that, because the government gave it to me, and I, and I give it to you, because that's it. We're all just scroungers. Yes. Well, look, on the flip side of that, though, I, the, the, one of the other reasons I didn't say anything is because I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. As I said, he was really happy. He just hurt yours. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, we're sort of kind of thoughtful to other people. So, there's so many times where people, Way people will say it. something and will say, oh, I'm not yeah. going to say anything. I don't want to embarrass them or whatever. And we yeah. just let it go. Uh, I don't know. I know. Yeah. Because, because you're right. The problem is, is malice. A friend of mine said, a friend of mine who's black, she said to me that, that racism is born out of hate and ableism is born out of pity. And I think there's something in that. Yeah. I really do think there's something That's in true. that. Because it's very different. It doesn't come from hate. I'm no. not saying one's better than the other. I mean, we could all argue that racism is worse, and probably rightly so. But I, I think that, that the point is that ableism does come from a different place. I'm not a big lover of the word because I don't think people understand what it means. No. 
I, I, I agree. The amount of times I've said to people who even work in the field of visual impairment, oh, you know, that that's an... I made a joke to someone the other day. I was just like, oh, that, you can't say that as ableist. And they're like, what does that word mean? What's, what's ableism? Yes. <laughs> it's like, that not a place in Texas? You know, there's no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the problem. And again, maybe that's part of it. You know, there's just not the knowledge or the understanding. And it's because, and I hate to say it, but you could... <sighs> As blind people, we can pretty much do what we like because no matter what happens, people will just see you for what they see you as. So you can you could stand up on a stage in front of 300 non-disabled people and you could say the most, you could come up with the most amazing speech with the most amazing perspectives. People be in tears. They'd be cheering you for what you said. And at the end of it, they'll say, no, little blind guy. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, and I genuinely think that's how people walk away from it, I do, and I don't think much changes in their minds. They just kind of that's all they see, and I know that sounds really negative. But look, I've been around for a long time. I haven't seen a lot of change in this, and the people I speak to don't seem to either. And how do you, you know, change? That? I get the I get the young people who all want to change the world and change everything and change everyone's views and don't see this word because that'll you know it's like forget the words right. You, you take the word blind out of the equation or you take the word disabled out of the equation. It doesn't matter. People have a view. The R word is a classic example of that. Yeah, you can take the word, the R word out of circulation. We don't use the word anymore, okay? So let's call it the R word. Let's never even refer to it ever again. Does that change someone's view about me? Does that, I mean, when that guy said to me, oh, you sound intelligent, did you go to school? He was basically saying, I'm an R word without saying it. Right? You can take the word well, away. It doesn't change the view. And right? all the it words doesn't that change he used the opinion. We're absolutely fine. He didn't use exactly. any insults in the words there. were okay. It was the context and the attitude and the impl- impl- implication behind it. That's, yeah. that's the problem. And yeah, I don't know how you change that, though. I mean, going back to your analogy there of giving an amazing speech, if you do that and you show, you know, that your stereotypical views or perspective of what you expect me to be are not there, uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you change people's perspectives. Is basically. I have a friend who watched a speech, a very stirring speech by a prominent disabled person, and I, I purposely made her watch the speech, and she watched it. And halfway through the speech, this woman was giving a most amazing speech, and it was talking about her disability and the challenges she has and the reality of life, and you know, not no, not a victim on any level, right? Just you know. This is the reality. Yeah. And halfway through the speech, the person standing next to me says, I can't watch that. She's just, I feel so sorry for her. She's such a shame. <sighs> yeah. That's all she saw. Didn't hear a word she said. Again, and I don't know how you, I, I, I honestly, how I, you I get kind through of, that? I hate to say I feel hopeless about it, but I kind of do. I don't know how you get by it. And I think the only way by it is to focus on your own life. Is to focus on what you do, focus on your existence, what you do, make, you know, make your life as good as you can. Because I think what happens is we tend to look, and we do this as, as everybody, we all do it, where we look for validation, if you like, from other people. We all do it yes. in life. You know, if I yeah. do this show, I expect a call from you know who any minute, you know, yes. here we go. What is it now? You know, and, you know, less of the house analogies. Okay, sorry, yeah. Mr. Ed. <laughs> Please, no more burgling houses analogies, please. It's it's getting a bit uh, close to home, as it were. Um, But I just feel, 
you know, I, I, I kind of feel we maybe just need to try and grow, as a lot of us do have a very thick skin, which is kind of why we react the way we do, I think. Um, we all suffer with low confidence in this in this world, and I don't think it's exclusive to blind people. No, I think no, that's of course a common not. issue for a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, social media has made that worse because it's isolated so many people. Ironically, the whole thing that was meant to bring us together has pushed us all further apart. And, you know, it hasn't just pushed us apart in terms of, you know, the division people talk about in the media, you know, division of society. It's also just pushed people away from other people. You know, there are, there's actually there's a course I was reading about. There's a course in England that is uh, for people to socialise, to learn how to socialise. Like, they go out into a public setting, they cannot communicate. Now, I know people who laugh at that. And I did as well. I had a bit of a, oh, really? When I heard about it. But actually, coming out of the pandemic, I'll be honest, the first few times I was out again, I I mentally struggled to have a conversation with people. Mm, yeah. And I know that sounds, I know for people say, really? You? Well, yes. Because, you know, it's different doing this show, right? This is what I do. This is what we do. We We talk about what we do. But if I go into public and we're talking about something totally different or it's a different environment, it's quite challenging. And of course, as we know, blindness has its own joy when it comes to trying to socialise in a public yes, environment. that's right, yeah. But, you know, you mix all that together, it's not that much fun. It's not very easy. And so, you know, I can kind of understand. And I worry for the future for kids because they're not going to be able to communicate. Not they'll need to because the robots will do all the work for them anyway. Uh, right, let's move on. Um, let's get Greg AI. in on this. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, it'll salt, save us all. Um, Greg in Pennsylvania wants to chime in on this too. I was watching the news this morning with my wife when a commercial for a treatment for a disease I've never heard of and can't remember the name of came on. I was not paying attention, but the ad ended with a person saying, name of disease is not my identity. Name of disease is something I have, not who I am. Bringing my thoughts to your discussion of identity, I have started wondering what is this obsession with identity and our culture all about? Here in the US, we imagine ourselves as having a classless society, but are almost universally identified by our occupations. Even game show contestants are identified by their name and occupation. Mm. Why? So many of us say we don't want to be identified by our blindness, but that is exactly the first thing that others will use to identify us. I am the blind guy on my street, the blind customer at local businesses. Maybe I'm defined by my blindness. It's certainly been a big part of my life and a big part of who I am. I am blind 24-7, whether I like it or not. I think what most of us really want is not to be limited by others' perceptions of blindness. People make judgments all the time about us, just as we make judgments about others. That part of the human condition will not change, although prevailing prejudices do change over time. Society's perception of race, gender, sexual orientation and disability have changed dramatically over my lifetime and continue to evolve, albeit not without backlash. People who really get to know you as an individual will see past your blindness and see who you really are as a person if you let them. That's our job, to let them. Greg in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's very true. I will say, though, I think that the progress we talk about, and I'm all for progress. I do believe things have, have improved a lot across you know, every aspect of, of life and you know, societal divides and all of that. And you know, civil rights movement pushed you know, such a massive move forward and women's rights and, and gay rights and LGBT rights, all of that you know, has moved on. I think, though, it's all, all almost important to say as well, especially today, of all days, of all you know, years, that we still have a heck of a lot of work to do. Uh, and it's not finished yet. And a lot of the 
and again, I think it comes back to my issue with language and, and people's denial of language. And look, I'm not going to start becoming one of these free speech absolutists who rave, you know, on, on, on Twitter and all the rest and, and go on about, you know, free speech comes with responsibility. Yes. All right. And there are limitations on free speech. You can't shout fire in a crowded theatre, for example. I mean, there's, there's limits on what you can say. And there, there, these are, granted, that's an extreme, but that's an example of where, you know, yes, you could do it, but it's not appropriate to do it, and it actually is wrong to do it. You, I think you would be arrested for doing that. Yes. Um, so I think when it comes to it, you know, we, we just have to be careful because I think some people equate cutting down on language or specific words as somehow an indicator of progress. And I actually think it, it does the opposite. Because what I think it does is it, it buries the problem. I, it, it, if someone has a viewpoint... Sorry, Sean, I'll let you know this. No, but I, I, just, I, I think it, it just... For someone who's a racist, being told they can't use the N-word anymore, okay, but they won't use the N-word anymore. But what that does mean is that those racist views will be between them and people they know and it'll be in rooms away from the public. Now, is that a good thing? I know friends of mine who say, yeah, that's good. That means they're not, talk- not saying it in public. I'm, I'm against that. I say, no, I want to know who the racist that is. I want to know who they are. I want to know who these people are. I want to know if you've got horrible, horrific views. I also think you're entitled to have those views if you want to have them. But it doesn't because, you know, again, that's the whole thing about me and free speech. You can say things I don't agree with. But well, that doesn't mean because because if you if you shut it down if you silence it, we'll never know who those people are. Well, you can't and have a conversation a about it. You can't debate the problem. You no, can't... no, that, exactly, and that's what's happening today. You can't debate anything with people these days. I know friends of mine who will not come on this show. I've I've, I've had umpteen conversations with people. Say, come on the show, let's talk about this. Ah, oh, no, 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 because you're all about free speech. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a talk show. <laughs> a bit hard to have a talk show with no speech. I I, th- I think Greg is is right. That that is I think forced censorship is the problem here. If you force someone to say right, you can no longer use that word. As you said, it doesn't change the attitude and their thought process. Doesn't change the underlying doesn't change, intention. No, exactly. You can be the most elegant speaker in the world and still have horrific views. Right? It doesn't make any difference. It's the actual attitude behind it. Um, but I think things are improving naturally. Th- society evolves. I mean. It, it, this is a, a trite example, but you know, you look at some of the TV shows from the seventies, for example, and you think, mm-hmm. "Wow, how do people get away with this?" The attitude towards women and and whatever else it may be, and it's a it's a micro progression. It it isn't going to change overnight, and sometimes we don't even notice it. But I believe that we all society is getting better. I think that's the way I like to think about it. Anyway, I must admit when I start to see comedy being put down or, or, you know, people who are comedians being told they can't do what they do. And it is interesting that apparently now there are less and less comedy shows being made uh, because people just don't know what's acceptable anymore. There's so much concern around, oh, well, that will be offensive or we can't say this or we can't say that. And that, that worries me. That worries me greatly mm. because comedy is so essential in our world. It is a huge, I mean, it's, it's, people think comedy is just a joke and it's a, just a joke. So it's actually got more impact than that because it has such a, a profound impact on society and its ability to highlight topics and stories and subjects that you just can't do any other way. Comedy can bring light to something. 
And you know, I just, I, I just, I suppose I'm just a little bit worried about the way I'm seeing the world going in terms of of the, the attitudes towards speech. Like I say, I'm not quite on the, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the Alex Jones, Alex Jones bandwagon. Oh, that is just to me, that there. is just ridiculous. But again, I kind of want to know what he's saying, and I'd rather it was in a public forum rather than hidden away. Mm. That's my point. You yeah. can disagree with him, you can argue against him. I, I'd much rather do that. Then have no idea what he's saying or doing, and actually building a following up somewhere else that's creating problems and storing them up for the future. And that's what I think happens when you when you stop people speaking out loud. Anyway, wow, um, I got serious. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, I did uh, our holiday <laughs> gift guide special part one airs tomorrow? So no podcast. Uh, if you want to listen again to that, of course, you will find it on the podcast from Tuesday. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.